And welcome in to this edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network, also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, their Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. And Denny, uh, some interesting news on the recruiting front in the SEC. Some negative things as far as the Gators go, and quite frankly, some positive things up in Knoxville with the Tennessee Volunteers. Man, Tennessee has got a great staff for recruiting. Like, the one thing that you've – if you've paid attention to what Tennessee's been doing the last couple of years, um, one – the hire of Jeremy Pruitt was a great hire. And, and you know, I've been talking about Jeremy Pruitt for a long time, known Jeremy for a long time. He is an elite-level recruiter. And I, I would say there's, you know, in that elite-level range, maybe maybe 10 to 12, but out of those, maybe only a couple of head coaches. And he's definitely uh, in that classification of elite. And the other thing that he that they're doing really well is they're building with big guys, mm-hmm. right? They're, and they've been doing this the last couple of years. If you look at the way they've been kind of constructing this team is their effort, their focus is on the front seven. And uh, they're continuing that. And it's a, you know, listen, it's a good visit for kids. Jeremy, they don't know, these kids these days don't know anything about the history of Tennessee. They don't know anything. And you know what? They don't care. They really don't. Just like Miami. They don't care about Miami of the 80s. They, they couldn't care less. What they care about is, can you get me to the league, and am I going to like playing here? And as fiery as Jeremy Pruitt is, man, kids love him. Let's focus on the Gators, and the the Tennessee relation to that is Kamar Wilcoxon is a guy that decommitted from Florida, has since committed to Tennessee. That was one decommitment the Gators had. Bashard Smith decommitting the running back was another big one, and Gator fans were, I guess, all are a little concerned as to what's going on with Dan Mullen in the recruiting circles. And some will tell you, some that follow Florida Gator recruiting will tell you that there may be more decommitments to follow. That's at least a feeling that's out there. I don't get the concern. I, I don't I, – I really don't. I don't understand. I'm looking up um, now the team rankings. I think Florida's fifth. Before, well, last time I checked, Tennessee had leapfrog Florida, but they are both in the top five. So it's Ohio State, Tennessee, North Carolina, Clemson, Florida. Yeah. Clemson has seven – or, I'm sorry, Florida has seven four-stars already. Um, I don't – let's start with I don't understand the concern. I mean, you're top five, and I'm going to be consistent on this every year. Every year they're finishing top ten on the field and off the field. They're building new facilities. Um, it's stinking May 6th right now, <laughs> right? These kids are going to change their mind. You're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, if you are legitimately concerned about what's going on in Gainesville, you're really not paying attention, man. It's like, what more do you want? You want to look at this list of the guys that are below Florida? I mean, it's it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's perennial top recruiters. It's just not a big deal. Well, It's really not. Here's what I, th- I mean, look. There's a lot of ki- – I'm actually surprised so many guys are committing right now. Because there's no visits going on. I can't not, go anywhere. I'm not. I'm okay. not. But, 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 but in I fact, I, we're telling our guys to commit. Well, that's interesting. And we'll get to that in one second. But I guess my point is, 
the fact that Florida's not getting any commitments right now, you can't bring people on campus. Mm-hmm. You can't bring people into that stadium. You can't bring people onto the facilities and show them everything that's going on. Florida had a bunch of commitments. The one concerning thing for Gator fans, and I do get this concerned, when you lose two pretty big-time four-star recruits from your home state, both Wilcoxon and Smith are Florida kids, one is going to leave your state and go to Tennessee. Yeah, if I'm a Gator fan, I can understand you're going to say, well, wait a minute, what's going on? You can't possibly sign every four- and five-star in your state because you don't have enough scholarships. That's how big the state is. The state is big enough from a recruiting standpoint that if Florida, Miami, and Florida State um, signed their entire class of Florida kids, there'd still be plenty for people to come get. Right. But like, if, if you lose a kid to Georgia I, or to Alabama, that's one thing. You lose a kid to Tennessee, that's where I believe some of the Oh, I just told Tension you. I just told from. you the elite recruiters they I have. I, I gotcha. And here's the other thing about the campus stuff: if you are a 2021 guy, you've probably seen the campus. If you're a four star, or even a high three star or five star, at this point in your recruiting process, you've been to these places. If you're a 2022 guy, maybe not. But if you're 21, you've gone to junior days. You've you've been to the campus, right? The, it's the the one thing that nobody saw this pandemic coming. But it certainly affects you if you're a relationship-driven recruiter like Florida is. Florida is very big on relationships. I have, when I tell you I have zero concern, I have zero concern about this. Florida's going to end up in the top seven when, when signing day's done. And, you know, there's this whole camp that says, well, you got to end up in the top two or three or what. I don't know if you do. I don't know. I mean, if, if you're really good at developing guys and you um, – you're in that top ten. I don't think you have to. No, I mean, I think yeah, that's always the misconception. I think if you finish number eight, you're perfectly fine. You got a chance. You finish eighteen, right? there's an issue there. But if you finish number eight, and again, rankings are what they are. Some people believe in them, some people don't. You at six points, you have worked with a lot of quarterbacks that are going to make their college choice. You said you're telling your kids to commit now. Why is that? Yeah, if if you like the college, lock it up. And the quarterback's a little different, but I think it is relevant right now. There's a lot of questions about, like, there's certain programs that's not letting kids take summer classes because of funding issues. All right? Like, that's happening right now. So there's a lot of questions about scholarship funding. There's a lot of questions about what's recruiting going to look like when the road's able to open back up, things like that. So if you've, it, like, lock down your spot. If, if you have a good idea of where you want to go, um, don't wait. At this point, uh, quarterback specifically, because most only take one, right? So you, they may offer eight. There may be three or four that are committable. The first one to commit gets it. Mm-hmm. The other ones are out of luck unless the kid decommits again. You can go through the position groups and like running back. Maybe they're only offering two. They've got 20 offers out. Six are committable. They've got a commit. Now you're in the same situation as a quarterback. One more and that that offers off the board for me. Right. So unless you're a high five star guy, they're not going to wait on you. They're, they're just not. So start that process now because you're not going to be able to go. What normally we see is summer camps. We see these kids, they go to these summer camps, air quotes, and they're not going to camp. They're going to see the campus. They're going to get recruited. You don't have that this year. Now, that's your message to your guys. That might be some of the message other high school coaches are giving their guys. Do you believe or do you know? Is that what the college coaches are saying? Hey, we're offering you now. We can't promise this offer is going to be here in July. Yeah. They've always said that. That, that. That's that's not anything now. I do believe – 
that there are certain colleges that right now are pressing more to get commitments. I don't know that that's the case at Tennessee. I think they're they're a pretty geared up group anyway. They're probably not pressing any more than they normally do, but they always press. So I think there there probably are some colleges that are more concerned. I don't think Florida's that concerned with it. I think they know what they have in the hopper. Like it, it picture most people listening to this have some job. Like if you're in sales and you picture your sales funnel, I think they call it. Of these are the ones that that I may get. These are the ones I feel really confident about. And overall, that's kind of how you put your projections. Same thing. Same thing with college recruiting is these are the kids that we are in their top five. These are the kids we're in their top three. These are, you know, outside of the funnel, the guys that we really hope to get. Like, I think Florida feels really good with their sales funnel, their recruiting funnel. And I, I'm pretty certain they feel like they're going to end up with the top five or seven class when well, it's all said and done. One thing I would think Gator fans absolutely love to see and you have a little experience with this young man. You've worked with him at camps. We talk about Carlos Del Rio, who is the quarterback that is committed to this 2021 class. He goes on social media kind of as a rally cry, saying, you know, once Wilcox and Smith decommitted, basically, and I don't have the tweet in front of me, but Del yeah. Rio essentially said, well, you're letting coaches sell you a bag of goods, whatever. You know, Florida knows that we're going to be good almost essentially with or without you, but if you're still committed to this program, stay the course, stay with us. Kind of a rallying cry for the class. You love to see a quarterback take charge of a recruiting class like it appears Carlos Del Rio is doing for Florida. Yeah, it looks good. It, it does. It looks good. I mean, we, we talk with our quarterbacks a lot about recruiting after they commit, and some guys have it in them. Other guys just don't. It's just not their personality. Um, the That looks good. But what where you really get the benefit from the quarterbacks is when they take charge of their visits. When it's their like last year, I think about the Auburn game, and I think about you know Anthony Richardson at the Auburn game, pulling guys aside, going, "Yo, you need to come here with me. This is what we're gonna do. It's not coming from a coach; it's coming from a peer, mm-hmm. right? That's re- or, or you know reaching out, calling somebody." of, hey, where are you down to? And it's not a media thing. They're not releasing it. It's a real conversation between two elite athletes, right? That's really kind of what you don't see is, especially the quarterback position, is that recruiting that goes on. But a public perception, yeah, I mean, that tweet goes away, right? That tweet, nobody talking about that tweet next week or anything like that, uh, but it does get you in the good graces of Florida fans. I just, I don't have any concerns, and frankly, I'll, I'll say this, I think we said this last year, I'm frustrated with Florida fans over this. I'm frustrated with the fact that we continue to get all upset about the kids that don't come to Florida when the kids that are at Florida have been more bought into this this program than anybody's been bought in since Urban. Isn't that every fan base, though? It doesn't seem to be. I don't think Alabama. Like I remember, I think about Carson Beck decommitting. It was like a one-day, and that was a big-time decommitment. It was a one-day blowback, but, man, it's like on to the next one. I think that's kind of with Florida. The, here's the other thing. These are 17- and 18-year-old kids. They reserve the right. Nobody signed anything. They reserve the right to decommit. And, again, and you're probably not going to get the guys that decommit from you. That rarely happens, although it did happen with Anthony Richardson. But you probably are going to get some kid that's committed to Alabama or to Georgia or to Clemson and they're probably going to be from their state. And so the same conversation we're having about losing in-state guys, we're also gaining ground. I know of an elite quarterback in California that is a 2023 20, kid. Now, when I say elite, every offer in the country, 
right? Probably going to be a five-star kid, probably going to be the top-ranked quarterback in his class. Very interested in Florida. Very interested in Florida. Wow. Like, top two or three interested in Florida. In fact, if he had to commit now, I think he would pick Florida. Like, you're pulling the best of the best from other states as well. I guess that's kind of my message to Florida fans. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And and a prime example, Florida just offered a Florida State commit along the offensive line. I mean, Mm -hmm. Florida's going to pull guys. Florida State's going to pull guys. Alabama, Tennessee, you name it. They're going to pull guys away from other classes. I will agree with you in one sense, though. The bad part of recruiting and the recruiting game is when the fans see a decommitment and they go on off on the kid. And, and, and social media is a great thing, you know, about 75% of the time. One of the things I hate about social media is when 35, 40, 45-year-old men, yeah. fans, yeah. are on a keyboard yeah. on Twitter yeah. ripping a 17-year-old for their choice. I think if you do that, you need to take a good long look in the mirror, brother, about where you are in life right now. You're a much nicer man than I am. Because if you do that, you're just a piece of crap. Like, you you, you, you really are. Like, you, you are – we could do a whole thing. I, I – it is one of the things that I hate more than anything in the world, man, is like, just mind your own business. Go about your day. These kids aren't affecting you in any way, shape, or form. You switched jobs three times the last year, yeah. and you're getting on to a 17-year-old about commitment issues. Man, go bury your head in the sand. I, I agree with you. We are in agreement there. Today's Gator Podcast, Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com. Podcast Network is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for the highest quality care. You can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com. You can also listen for the Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. CBSSports.com did something that I thought was pretty interesting. Who will be the next college football head coach to win their first national title? And they had five guys. Five guys received votes from the the panel, if you will. Was Danny Cannell on this panel? Uh, I don't know if I would imagine, but come to think of it, I don't know that. I click off anything that Danny Cannell contributes to. Yeah, Cannell's a friend of the program, at least the one I'm on. So I I give him a little more leeway, but I can understand that. (laughs) Uh, The five guys that were voted on. Again, the next college head coach that will win his first title. Ryan Day, Ohio State. Um, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma. Okay. James Franklin, Penn State, Kirby Smart, Georgia, Dan Mullen, University of Florida. Okay. How would you assess that? I think there's an obvious leader in that, right? Kirby? Ryan, or no, I guess Ryan, Ryan Day. Day. Ryan yeah, Day, yeah, I think Ryan Day. Ryan Day's got a much easier path than Kirby does. He's got easier path. He's got a guy that may win the Heisman at quarterback. He brings back a ton. I think I saw the other day that they're projected to have like six first-round picks next year. Um, so I think the Ryan Day would be the easy money. I think Ryan Day, Kirby, kind of like that that class one, right? Like one A, one B. Um, I feel like if Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley's doing an amazing job, but if he couldn't do it with the guys that he's had, I I would put him at the bottom of that. Right, I know I agree. I mean, th- they might get to the playoff and they'll lose again. Right, it just seems to be every year. You think about the the dudes he's had, and a lot of that goes to his credit, the way he's developing them. But what Baker, um, what's his name? Uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, and then Jalen Hurts. Yeah. 
Like, credit to him and the offense for putting them in positions to put up big numbers, but, man, those are three dudes now, um, two, two number one overall picks. I would put, I'd put Mullen third just because I don't think Franklin has a chance. I don't, I, I don't even know how Franklin's on the list. Well, I think he's a good coach. I just think Penn State always going to have an uphill battle because they got to get past Ohio State. Right. I think him and Harbaugh have the same chance. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I, I think I would put him probably last in that list. Yeah, Harbaugh didn't even make the conversation. Yeah, and he probably shouldn't. But I, I'm just saying, I don't think I don't think Franklin should either. I was surprised Malzahn didn't make the conversation. Oh, I'm not. No, he's terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, he has been to a national title game, right? And he. He came within an eyelash of winning against Florida State. With arguably one of the best quarterbacks or best college football players in history. Yeah. I, I mean, Cam Newton went to a national championship. Gus Malzahn did not. Let's get that straight. Cam Newton is what brought them. Oh, no. Cam, Gus, well, Cam Newton, they won, they won the title with Chisholm. That's right. right. That's right, with Chisholm. Yeah, I'm talking about when they lost to Florida State okay, in the Rose Bowl. that's fair. I just, I'm so And that was, that was Nick Marshall. That was that's fourth right. and 18. That's right. You're right. That's and, my bad. That, that, that's my bad. I'm just so anti-Gus Malzahn. No. Bump Gus Malzahn. All right. Well, let's get back. All right. So, Mullen, let's, let's avoid the Kirby conversation for a moment. If you're a Gator fan and you could have the choice right now of replacing Dan Mullen with either James Franklin, Ryan Day, or Lincoln Riley. Would you? Wow. Um, whew. This was not in the pre-show prep. <laughs> um, I'm a big Ryan Day guy. Yeah. See, I'm a big Dan Mullen guy. Yeah, I, I mean, the fact that it's making me pause to question, y'all have to believe me when I say that that's – like a big compliment because I really like Ryan Day is NFL material all day long. And I almost think Lincoln Riley may be better at that game too. But no to Lincoln Riley. Heck no to James Franklin. Heck no to James Franklin. Um man, Ryan Day, I may. I may. All right, now let's take- I, I don't golly. But you know, I say that, but then Dan Mullen is so perfect for Florida. He's perfect. And Ryan Day is perfect for Ohio State. You know what I mean? So, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Not at Florida. Like, if I was starting a program, wherever, would I pick Ryan Day above Dan Mullen? Maybe. But, no, I wouldn't replace any of I wouldn't place, replace Mullen with And anybody. now let's go more to our audience. Let's go to the Southeastern Conference. You have Kirby Smart. Oh, you don't have do Dan Mullen. Me. I don't do this Well, well here, here's the thing. Kirby's got a two-year head start on him. Kirby's been there four years in Athens. Mullen's been only two in Gainesville. I think Mullen has made up significant ground on Kirby. But one thing when I always talk about these two, I go back to. Dan Mullen in Starkville, Mississippi. Starkville, Mississippi. Had the Mississippi State Bulldogs number two in the country. All right. I think Kirby's got a better foundation right now because he has a two-year head start. But I would take Mullen over Kirby right now. I would. Because I think pure football coach. I'm going to disappoint a lot of people. I think Dan Mullen is probably a better football coach. I'm going to disappoint a lot of people here. They're almost identical. Like, their coaching style, their attention to detail, their the way they run their programs, the emphasis they put on recruiting and how the business behind recruiting, the way they lead their teams – um, one's an offensive guy, one's a defensive guy. Outside of that, they're kind of the same dude. Like, they're both intense guys. They're both very 
uh, friendly to alumni. Like, the, the, you can get these intense guys who are terrible with older people or alumni. That's not them. They're both politicians in a way. But then they also relate very well to 18 to 23-year-old alpha males. They're, they're like, I, don't, I think they're interchangeable to a certain extent. It really comes down to which one has the better coordinator on their weak side of the ball. So Mullen right now with Grantham is in a great situation. Um, I think that Kirby with Munkin is a great situation. I'm not going to pick one or the other because I think they're I think they're basically the same guy. Yeah. Like, and and I know people don't want to hear that because you want to hate George, you want to, but they really are. They're very similar guys. Like, neither one of them are must champ, neither one of them are saving, but they're kind of their own lane. And I would, if if you just looked at and you took the names out and you looked at the way the programs are run, you would go, man, these two programs are very very similar. All right, so let me let me try to get it out of you another way. I'm not going to answer. If we did an SEC coach power ranking, is Nick Saban number one, right? Who would be number two? Or is there a 2A and a 2B? No, I mean, no, that's fair. I think right now I think um, Kirby would be two. Probably. Yeah. Just because of the head start. Yeah, well, that the you can call it head start. I, I think. I mean, you just go look at where they finished the last couple of years, the fact that they've beaten Florida, where they finished recruiting. Like, you, you you really couldn't make an argument for Florida on that. No, no. You know what I mean? I mean, because Georgia – Mullen hasn't had his quarterback yet. That's the only well, argument no, I mean, I make. get the head start, but power ranking is where they're at now. Georgia right now has been ahead of them in every aspect of the game. Now, does that change this year? It could. But if you're going to do power rankings, I think you would have to have um, – I don't think it would make any sense to have Mullen ahead. Out of curiosity, where would Malzahn, Jimbo, those guys be? Would they be under Saban, Kirby, Mullen? Yeah, I think the top three would be definitely Saban, Kirby, Mullen. And then um, – Oh, I mean, you got Orgeron too. I mean, for crying out loud. Yeah, well, here's the thing about Orgeron. Like, I love Ed Orgeron, but he's going to have to show me again. Uh, The body of work on the three we just mentioned are pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Like, the long-term body of work. Ed Orgeron – Every single eligible player is playing in the NFL next year. Yeah, 18 of them. L- literally. 18 like, of them. Like, if next year you, – you don't have to win a natty. If next year you go to the SEC championship game again, okay, then Ed Orgeron probably goes to number two, if not number one, on that power ranking list. But right now I would have him at four. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care – across numerous locations in Jacksonville and St. Augustine that includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. Finally here on Gator Bites, um, Mel Kuyper has looked a year in advance. Now the 2020 draft is in the rearview mirror. Let's start looking at 2021. It was interesting, Denny. He gave his top 25 overall prospects on ESPN.com. And then he went position by position. From quarterback to running back to wide receiver, every position on the field, one to five. Ranked everybody. Only one Florida Gator appeared in any of those lists, and it was Kyle Pitts at tight end. Now, So he's taking all draftable guys, so not seniors. Draftable Anybody guys. who could declare. Anybody that could declare, okay. expected to declare, because Trevor Lawrence was number one. Right. So only Kyle Pitts on the entire Gator roster made either Mel Kuyper's top 25 overall prospects or one to five positionally. Yeah, I think Kyle Pitts is going to end up being a top 10 pick. But does that surprise you he was the only one? Uh, who were you thinking? Trevon Grimes. 
man, receivers are loaded. It again. is loaded. It, it it's loaded again. I, I, I mean, I could go with you on Grimes, but I'm not surprised he's not in there. Um, is Kyle Trask a top five quarterback? No, no, no. We talked about this on the sports stand the other night. Uh, somebody asked us, you know, where does where does Trask go in the draft? And I think he's probably a third or fourth round guy. Um, I mean. But you think he's going to play in the league, though? We yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that. going to play in the league. Um, yeah, I, I, no, I think I think Kyle Pitts, I think you told me Kyle Pitts was two, which I don't even know the the Penn State guy. Yeah, the tight end from Penn State, yeah. I, I, don't, I can't imagine a scenario where somebody goes higher than Kyle Pitts because Kyle Pitts is ideal for the NFL. Well, I'll tell you what was interesting. Florida had Kyle Pitts. Florida State had Marvin Wilson. Miami had like three guys. Miami, according to Mel Kuyper. Put De'Eric King in there? No, he put Russo, the defensive end. Okay, yeah. He put um, one of the outside linebackers, and there was somebody else that was on there, but there were three Miami Hurricanes. That's interesting. Yeah. How many guys from Ohio State? A lot? Uh, Ohio State had a lot. Yeah. Clemson had a lot. Yeah, I mean, Clemson, I mean, it starts with Etienne, Etienne and uh, Lawrence. Um, and Justin Ross. Just, yeah, forgot about Ross. Yeah, I think that's a hard like that's a hard group to to. I'm more surprised that Pitts wasn't number one. Right. Like, oh, what no, else do it was, you uh, want? It was Brevin Jordan from Miami. Okay, yeah, was yeah. Number yeah. three. What else do you want out of a tight end from the NFL than what Pitts brings you? Yeah, I agree. Pitts that is going to go combine like he. You know, you realize he's going to go like four, five, four, six, forty he, at his he, size. He weighs two hundred and forty pounds. Uh huh. Can he play tight end in the NFL at two forty? Oh yeah. Yeah, in today's yeah, in today's NFL. Well, you think about the better tight ends in the league. I mean, Kelsey's two sixty five. Well, and Pitts will probably get to two fifty, two fifty five, yeah. right? You got to remember he's a twenty one year old guy. Um, but in today's NFL, like it is perfectly acceptable to not block somebody and read them. You know what I mean? If I can't block them, then I'm going to read what they do. And and in today's RPO game, like Pitts is perfect for that. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. You get Denny every night on the Sports Den alongside James Coleman on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. You get me middays on XL Primetime with Leon Searcy, Matt Hayes, and Joe Coward. Denny, have a great week, my man. Yes, sir. All right, we'll talk to you next week on Gator Bites here on the 1010XL.com podcast network.